Welcome to Live with Greg or Live with Greg, depending on semantics. <laughs> Do you feel ready? I guess. Is my hair look thick enough? <laughs> you look great. You look beautiful. Shiny. Thank you. Yeah. Does that mean I need powder? I'm teasing. No, yeah. it's um, <laughs> Makeup. I remember being, I had a memory um, of being like three years old and being an empath and hearing, this isn't on, right? It's not on. It's on? It's not on. It's on? It may not start yet. Okay. Um, but I remember being... I, I had a memory of telepathically hearing my mother think the thought. My mother was under tremendous stress. She's just not pretty enough. My mom was, you know, classically very beautiful, and my older sister looked just like my mother. It was very beautiful, you know, so, so she was quintessential, the perfect little girl, and I looked just like my father, who my mother hated. So I was the not pretty one, and I grew up with that. My mother never knew that I heard her thinking, but I was, you know, as a child, I was telepathic. Yeah. So I grew up with that identity. I'm just not pretty enough. And it's amazing how long I can stay with you. <laughs> yeah, do you, are you still working on it, you think? I, don't you think, right? I'm like, woo, my hair, my this, my that. Yeah, because that was a childhood identity. And, um, and then my first spiritual teacher... Uh, she used to channel. She had a near-death experience, and she was dead clinically in a hospital, almost eight minutes. And when she came out, she could just see through people's bodies. You know, she just had amazing ability. Her name was Shelley. And um, one of our first sessions, she kept telling me how beautiful I am, I was, you know. And I was like, I don't believe you. You know, I was sitting there going, ah, you know, she's channeling this information. I'm like, ah, no, I don't believe you. And uh, within a week, I went to... Uh, I was at UCLA, I was in college, and I, I drove out to Pasadena to the Philosophical Society um, for a lecture. And the woman, this complete stranger who sat next to me, right as we were getting up to leave, she looked at me and she said, stay as beautiful as you are. And then she got up and left, you know, and I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from, you know? But it was confirmation from the universe that I was beautiful, yeah. but it was, I love the way the universe does that, you know, because inside I was just like, I'm not beautiful. If I was, people reflected to me I know it you know and I just didn't believe that was beautiful anyway so that's the the vanity but is it vanity um well it's self-esteem yeah you know it affects your self-esteem and the other one is practicality because I know how judgmental the society is right you see people delivering fabulous material I mean really sophisticated intelligent thoughtful material and they get trolled, like, we don't like your hair. I don't like your thing. And, and they're just like, what? You know, it's so superficial. So part of it's just practicality and the marketing and, you know, you're too old to be doing this. Why are you even on camera? And they're like, ah, it's incredible. There was a show I wanted to do with a girlfriend. And um, she just wanted to be in camera. And we had a producer saying, we'll buy the show. We just, we want other people in front of the camera. My girl goes, no, it's not me. It's no one. So we, we lost a deal. You know, and I'm like, I don't have to be in front of the camera. You know, just let's sell it, you know, because it was good material. But um, she really wanted the spotlight. Well, do you want the spotlight? Um, I haven't wanted, I haven't, I've been um, resisting it, but I've been told over and over and over I'm supposed to be out front. I'm supposed to be, be because of my energy. But the the being's a little shy. Like, I'd rather produce. <laughs> right? And control the content. Right. So has it been about four years since we were hanging in the... Um, yes. Okay. Maybe longer. Yeah. Maybe longer. But not much longer. No, no. It's, I think it's been about four years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And at that time, I recall you were had thoughts of a one-woman show. I did really haven't done much with that. Um, I still record material, but I have to go through and really archive it. It's still, it's coming in, but I think it's, um, you know, it's like people who can't write the novel because it's their life story and it hasn't ended. <laughs> so they don't have an ending. It's kind of like that. I'm like, okay, now I have the ending. Okay, now I have the ending. And it's, uh, it keeps changing. But that would be you out in the spotlight. Yes. Yes. And, um, I've done it before on, I spoke on panels, you know, these expos, 
And when I'm on a panel and a table of people, you know, people just ask questions and give your opinion, that's easier than standing up and saying, this is who I am, this is everything I believe, all by yourself. You know, it's very different when you <laughs> by yourself versus having someone. Right, right. That is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So you ready to dive in? Yeah. Okay. All right. So four years ago, we were both very broken from relationships that didn't work out. And, mm. and, and, and of course, like, this is my memory of it all. But in your experience, this individual was like your soulmate, your your physical and spiritual being. Like you guys were melded, and this individual didn't see it that way. He did in the beginning, and then what what he said is when I was around, everything was clear, and then when I wasn't there, he forgot. And so. He went away for two weeks and came back and said, you know, I can't, I don't know why. Um, The funny thing, you know how people say we create our reality, we script our reality. I wrote a short screenplay. And um, it started out with this couple completely in love and engaged. And then she gets a text and the man and her partner says, I can't, I don't know why. And those were the exact words he gave me. And, and it took me a, a number of years afterwards to realize, oh my God, I scripted this. And in the screenplay, she goes on to become goddess of love. During the day, she meets all these archetypes and she evolves. And by the end of the day, she gets a text back from him and goes, I was crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. Of course you're the one. you know. So he comes back around as she comes into her power and her love and her glory as the goddess. You know, So it's really hard when you're at a place of understanding that you can't blame anyone because you know that you're attracting your belief system. You're attracting what you expect, you know? So I still had the wound of the one who was not loved and the one who was abandoned. So of course I'm going to be abandoned because I had that still in my identity that I hadn't cleaned house all the way. You know, and they say if you attract someone and you're, not, you're at the bottom of your karmic bucket where it's all tarry and sticky, you're not going to be happy with the relationship that you attract. So I was, uh, the last number of years, I've been doing a lot of house cleaning. <laughs> What's that look like? Uh, journaling, crying, um, introspection, and just knowing that until I get on the other side of this, you know, it's a flippant identity. Um, I don't want to date. You know, I don't want to track someone else from at the bottom of my karmic bucket. Um, yeah, it's a funny thing. This is what I teach people is how to expand their identity. And there I was still with this childhood filter. Well, that seems very common for people who are in a place of coaching, that they're often coaching an element of themselves that has deep-rooted work either needed or they're involved with. Yes, yes. Yeah, you have to kind of experience it to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So this may be one of those areas where I was warning earlier, like you could go, no, Greg, not going there. But I recall in conversation, you are a very sensual being and really enjoyed sexuality and sensuality of life. And has that transformed in yourself in this house cleaning work you've been doing? Well, I've been celibate a while. Because, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, that doesn't mean it's not practiced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's the thing with this man, was that when he spoke, I felt it in every cell in my body. And I never had that experience. So when you feel that resonant with someone... And you meet other people, you're like, yeah, this isn't it, yeah, it's not it. You know, it's like, it's so, uh, nothing else, you know, works, you know. You want the real thing, the full-body thing. And he and I had both had visions of one another, you know, years before we met. And um, after our first kiss, like the next day, um, we had a very mystical experience they call it a hero scamos you know marriage thing where he dropped into my body full body possession and he was 
driving his car when it happened and he calls me and he said something profound just happened and I don't use the word profound and it was just like it was weeks before I told him what happened but there was just just this complete merging and one of my very intuitive psychic friends saw us at an event a couple weeks later and he was like your Merkabas have completely merged you two could create anything so there was this spiritual alignment and power Um, but emotionally uh, psychologically, we weren't far enough to handle it, to create the container for it. You know, he had not had enough dating experience. He got married, you know, before he got to date a lot. And the marriage was, from the beginning, kind of loveless. It was kind of a guilted thing. So he never really got to enjoy dating. And he first, first met me. He said, I didn't get to date. I thought I'd get to date more, but I've already met you. So what's the point? And then when he, when he ended things, he's like, I don't even know how to date. You know, he just wanted to date. He, he, need, he did need experience psychologically. Emotionally, he needed more experience. He just right. didn't have it. So, so. do you think like the child in him won out? Yes. What about the element in you? What was it? Because you said there was an element of you that was wounded that attracted this relationship that was kind of doomed. Yeah. Um, I was the one who was not loved. I wasn't trusting him um, and I was I was the overgiver I was serving and giving and giving and giving and um, and he said he had a PhD in giving but he was so drained because he was a giver in his long marriage um, that I think he was in a, in a position of he just wanted to receive so he was just like taking it all in but he wasn't giving and that was I remember having the thought before he ended it he ended it but I remember having the thought I don't know if I want to go through this evolutionary process with this man I think he's too selfish I thought that right so it's like oh did I end it you know because I think I pulled back my energy just observing and then he ended it like you know a few weeks later but I remember thinking that thought so we I think we all human beings have a romantic fantasy of an individual that's a partner that, like you said, every cell in the body lights up and everything physically, romantically, psychologically, spiritually is just like on fire with light. And so does that fantasy still live in you? Yes, and I don't think it's a fantasy. I actually think that I have, like, soul destiny to have a partner. There's something I want to do, and I want to do it in partnership. I think my soul made this decision. And um, it doesn't have to be him. He can go do whatever he wants. He can date whoever he wants. Um, But I will have a partner just to hold the energy. It's like when two or more are gathered, you can can create a container to hold more to get more done. Mm And because of what I want to do, I will have a partner. So what do you want to do? Um, create a body of work that helps uplift the human race. You know, psychologically, the new paradigm, the paradigm, uh, the new bliss paradigm, <laughs> you know, the super being paradigm, you know, the, the, the paradigm of the human divine, the divine human. So we're approaching the end of this year. Has anything this year happened for you that you've experienced that was divine? Kind of like the three-year-old that heard your mom's voice without her saying Yes, I was um, an MC at this conference. I think I told you about this. Uh, Contact in the Desert. It's my third year right, 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 to right, do right, this. Right. And, um, and I was a speaker liaison, and one of the speakers was on stage, and I was front row in the audience, and... Uh, I was trying to wrap my head around what he was saying and kind of arguing with myself about what he was speaking on. Like, I don't know about this, you know, and I was really, you know, chewing on the material because it's pretty controversial, his uh, topic. And my being was sitting there going, I could love this man. I love this man. You know, and I'm like, what? Where's this coming from? You know, but I'm intuitive and I, I tend to feel the timeline. So I went up after his talk was over and the first words out of my mouth were I love you and then I said I love your work (laughs) 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 
But later that day, you know, we met up in the lobby bar and he just kept staring at me and staring at me and staring at me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm observing you. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we hung out again, you know, and invited me up for a cuddle. And, you know, we kind of did some blessings on each other and left. But the kiss was like, it was just a peck. And I really didn't know if anything would come of it or didn't think of it. But we've stayed in contact and there's a lot of interplaying conversations that make me think that something could happen, you know? And um, like I said, I'm not attached to the ex and I've just told the universe this or something better. You're someone who's ready and I need to be ready right. to. Um, but this one's very playful. And um, So what goes through your mind? Like you must, just as we're human, the is probably comparisons of this new individual and the ex. Yeah, well, the the ex wanted, what he wanted was more experienced dating. He was like, oh, love is actually real. I want it because he hadn't experienced it before in this lifetime. I was the first experience of real love. And he was like, it's real, it's real. Experiences. So he needed to have those experiences. Well, I've been in love quite a number of times with real soulmates. You know, I've, this was a lifetime of completion. So I would see someone and it's like, I love you. Like, I love you. And we'd spend a year together and we go, that was a great year. It was a great year. But, you know, but I was just saying goodbye to a lot of people my soul really deeply loved. So I've had a lot of soul love. You know, they weren't lifetime partnerships, but they were soul love. And um, he hadn't. So he wanted experience. So it's like, okay. Whereas this other one, he's had a lot of experiences too. You know, now he wants a partnership. He wants a home. He wants, you know, longevity in a, in a relationship. So he said, we've talked about this. He wants the same thing I want, which is kind of important, right? You know, right. to get to someone, it's good if you want the same things at the same time. Right. And in your exploration together, have you talked about potential challenges and how those challenges can be met? Yes. Yes. Um, one of the first things he did was give me all this information and he's like, do some synergy charts, you know, and, you know, and, um, the biggest challenges were so much alike <laughs> and the way to get through that is communication, yeah. honest, deep communication. Yeah. That's real. Nice. Even when it's tough yeah. and that the relationship affords great growth, emotional development. So do you feel because like of the challenges? Do you feel you're ready? Getting there. Getting there. Emotionally, I am. But I'm, I'm, I want some other things in place. You yeah, he's, he's like, you know, in full stride in his career. Really, really happy with it. And I, I want, you know, a few more steps in my own um, foundation before I, you know, fly into the arms of... <laughs> Another person. Yeah. Um, so you want some grounded elements of revenue and career in your life? Yeah, years. shoring myself up so I have a solid foundation. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't want any kind of foundational dependency. Right. You know, I need to be independent. That was one of the things in our charts is we're both independent. We like our freedom. We, we want a home base to share a base. We want that. But we also like to feel free. So that's something we share. Do you think it is possible for you to step into this relationship and continue building your personal career? I do, because I told him exactly where I was at. And he was like, I can help you with that. I'm really good at that. I help my ex. I, I help lunch. Sure, I could, I could help lunch. You know, so I think uh, he does give. I think he would give as much as I give in a relationship. Whereas the ex was like, well, how are you going to finance that? Well, did, you know, he was just like, you know, he, he, whereas most people, if I share my ideas, you know, I have some good ideas. They're like, that's genius. That's genius. And the ex wasn't there. He was just like, well, how, you know, he wasn't, he didn't know how to support me. He really didn't. Right. Now, you know, now we're friends again. And I've shared some ideas with him that I shared back then, and he couldn't hear it. Now he's like, that's genius. Now he's in another place where he can actually hear, um, which is interesting. Yeah. 
Do you think there's an element of um, you, Annalisa, who you are today? It's sort of like the ship sailed from that harbor, and though there will always be an element of um, resonation with this individual. Yes, I th- I um, I love him beyond time, you know, and that was the thing that really confused me was that the love was so profound and the things he wrote me, you know, we are one in eternity, we will always be, and it felt like we were really feeling the timeline in the future and all of that. And then um, it wasn't, you know, so part of it is I think he didn't know what he wanted. And I think he's still in that place. And I really want to be with someone who knows what they want. How do you live with the um, juxtaposition of infinity as divine and timelines and physical? Well, that we get to choose. We get to choose. I get to choose. I get to choose. There are many, I think... There are many timelines, and I think there is a timeline where I am with the ex, you know, and I think we're very happy on that timeline, and I think we did some significant work together, you know, Um, but this timeline, that was not chosen, and I have to respect, he chose something else, he chose to date, and I choose to be equally supported. I want someone to support me as much as I support them. I want to give and take. <laughs> I don't want to just give, 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 right. give. I'm really good at giving. I'm really, really good at that. How are you good at receiving? Receiving better. Better. That's good. Yeah. That's improvement. Um, What did you learn about forgiveness in your path of healing from four or five years ago? The, the, the hardest person to forgive was myself. You know, um, I, I, it's so easy to it's so easy to judge myself and and then to not trust myself again. You know, because I was like, "This is it! This is it! This is it! Oh, it's perfect! Oh, it's all done!" And it's uh, what they call premature closure. You know. <laughs> put all my eggs into this basket this is it and then when it wasn't I was just devastated the expectation but I mean if you read the things he wrote me you'd see why I believed it you know and the things that he said I believed it I think any closure is premature because it's always in flux life is change so simply said and kind of wrote but there is an element of even with this new person like, that's why I asked about the challenges earlier, because life is in motion. But there is something when you make a decision. I think this is why I wasn't making decisions on my career, because I stopped trusting myself. The love just like, you know, rug, ground right. gone. The ground right. is gone, you know, so I'm not choosing the next step because I don't see any ground. I, don't, I did not see ground for a few years. And that's when we met. You're like, Right, a lot yeah. of that um, but now it's like oh there's ground and I'm seeing choices and now I understand like if I choose this timeline this one kind of disappears mm-hmm. I mean I can other timelines will appear from this one and this could come around or may not I don't know but if I make a choice I'm on another timeline and from that place I'll see what appears but I'm not not holding on to this timeline. Right. <laughs> I tried that for a few years, right? And it just did not work. Yeah, it's impossible to hold on to something. But the forgiveness thing, now. but the forgiveness yeah. thing is really important because I tried to deny that I still loved him. Right? He hasn't deserved my love, mm-hmm. and then I had to close my own heart, and that was the misery. When I allow myself to still love him, even if he's not mine, then I get my own heart back. So you can't turn off the love. You can't stop right. loving who you love. Right. That was the biggest lesson, is you have to love them even when they don't give you what they want, even when they change their mind, even when they disappear and abandon you and they don't keep their word. Right. You have to still love them if you love them. And that was the hard thing. Yeah. 
That's that was the hardest. Very brilliant insight. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, you start turning off the love, and you're turning off the love. I turned off my own love, yeah. right? Because yeah. I was, I'm always going to love him. Yeah. I'll never not love him, but I can see him as not an appropriate partner, as a friend. Or even, I feel like you can love someone and know that they should not be in my life, and I can love them. Yeah. Um, we did come back around and he hired me again. So it's like, okay, right. <laughs> I can still be a coach. I can still do healing work on you. But I, <gasps> I saw this brilliant uh, gentleman speaking about um, falling. And he's talking to the audience. And he's all, it's not the fall that hurts you. It's hitting the ground. And then he goes, oh, see, he, he rushed over because he knows my life my well-being, it's important for him to be close to me. And all of a sudden, he just fell backwards, and the guy caught him. And he's all, see, I fell, but I'm fine, because mm. someone caught me. Mm. And his whole point was to have people in our life that catch us before we hit. And the people that let us drop, let them go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's a point where he didn't he didn't see how his his immediate turnaround affected me because he right. literally went from there's nothing you could do that would make me love you more to bye bye, right. and my head was spinning. It was um, he was out of integrity the way he did it. Yes. I- so the trust the trust was broken. And um, I got that, you know, even though the bonds of trust are broken, doesn't mean the bonds of love are broken, but the trust is broken, which is why I don't see myself going back. Because the trust, you know, if someone can, if someone can flip like that, you know. Um, I did get, you know, that we, we evolve. And the current version of him is not the one who hurt me. He has evolved but I'm still not in that place, you know, and I still see he needs to date. He's like, ooh, do, 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 do. now that we're friends, he tells me about the people he's meeting and there's a lot of beautiful spiritual women that are also good at business, you know, I'm like, go have fun, bless you, go. And you're doing that free and willingly? There's no, like, pains still that... No, because the desire is gone. And I think it's because the trust is gone. So I, that... It, element of all the cells lighting up in his presence isn't happening anymore. I still feel he has a powerful presence. And I, the, the love is there, but it's not the same. Right, right. Yeah. Do you think, like you're talking about timelines and stuff, do you think that's an element of growth that happens that for whatever reason a timeline is let go of and then new growth comes in that you know, this timeline is no longer meant it's to not be not as resonant. Yeah, right. yeah, I do. Has any of this played out in you healing relationship with your mom and maybe other elements of your family? Well, I, I, I did during this time of, you know, after that relationship, I did heal with my father before he passed. That was a big one. And um, my mother and I have been in a good place for a, a long time. She's, um, she's getting older, and I think she may be p- preparing to go. She and my, my father were both in the same position. Like, all they could see were the, were the, was the good in people. And they were just like, everything's beautiful. I love everyone. I'm happy. I'm like, oh, you're getting ready to pass, you know, because they'd forgiven everyone. And they're just love, 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 love. And, and words before they might have complained about this or that, all, none of that was there. Both of them were just in this love space. And like, that wasn't who they were the year before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you guys are getting ready to go. Oh, my mom's still around and she's still in that space. Um, my father l- left last year. Wow. You're okay with it? Yeah, because we healed before. Right, right. You know. What about your older sister? Um... There's still not much of a relationship there. Yeah. Any attempt in the past four years? I think I, I sent a Christmas card with a lot of love in it. I was in an incredibly just gushing love and affection for her. 
And what I got back was not that. It was polar opposite. Mm. And she had a bit of bipolar going on. So I was mm. just like, not ready. Let her have her space. Is she diagnosed bipolar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, she seems to get really triggered by me. So... I don't need to trigger her, and I don't right. need to. You don't need that energy. Be on her screen right. if she's going to be triggered. So, right. you know, right. Right. I send her greetings through my mother. Yeah, and there are individuals that there's just parts broken, and we don't have to be the healing element in that. Yeah. Yeah, and for the most part in her life, I think she's she's pretty happy. She's That's adapted good. pretty well, so. You know, just bless her. Yeah. It reminds me of that. I love uh, Fiddler on the Roof when um, the rabbi says a blessing for the czar. May God bless and keep the czar far away from us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Be happy over there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is an element of self-love. That's kind of what I was saying for myself earlier. Where, like, Like you say, I am learning... I think it's still a process for me. Like, yeah, you... You're much brighter, shinier. What have you been through? Um, well, I quit heroin. <laughs> no, you were not heroin. <laughs> I don't know. What have I been through? Because you are brighter and shinier. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah, no, I see more light in your eyes. There's something going on. I'm getting older. <laughs> no, but you've let go of some stuff. You've let go of baggage. Oh, I mean, I can oh, see it. I can right. feel it. That's good to hear. There's less struggle. That's good. Yeah. Slowly, right? Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but he's a publisher up in Novato, and he published, um, like, the Canadian guy that was, you know, Live Now, The Power of Now. What's that? Eckhart Tolle. Yes. So this gentleman in Novato published Eckhart Tolle's books for the United States. And that wasn't his first success like he was a very successful pope anyway I had a conversation with him about the time we met maybe a bit before and he said you're doing fine it's kind of like an oil rigger out in the ocean and they're so big that when you go to turn them it's a very slow process and you just keep going you'll be fine Maybe that's what you're witnessing, you know, four years later. Oh, there is a little bit of turn happening. Turn yourself around. Yeah, Yeah, and I think part of what you said earlier, I think um, taking responsibility for who I am and what I feel, and that's really my responsibility. So even though my ex, I was hurt by whatever that situation is, that was my choice. And I wouldn't take away her rights as an individual to make whatever choices she makes. And, um, and what you said about still loving the person is, I think, important. And we have three children, so there's even an Aww. element of needing, not needing, but wanting to respect this individual who's the mother of these three beings I love dearly. So they have relationship with their mom, which is, you know, I want the best for them. Having a healthy relationship with their mother is part of the best. There's a lot of elements at play in forgiveness and healing. Mm. Moving on. Well, that'll keep your heart open, your kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting in my car and hearing very loudly, get a puppy. And I really wanted a puppy, but I made the mistake of asking for permission instead of forgiveness. And my landlady said no. Uh, right in front of her dog. Oh, God. Like, how mean is that? And I was going to get a little bitty one. Right, right. And the house, you know, a little dog's not going to hurt the floors or anything anyway. But I made the mistake. Uh, how long ago was that? That was right when you knew me, when I was in, like, when it was just really painful. And if I had gotten the puppy, it could have lifted me out. Pure, unconditional love, that could have lifted me out so quickly. Yeah, Just having someone, something to interact with on that pure love level. There is also, so it's interesting, entering into relationship with another being, whether it's a puppy or right? a man or whatever. 
there is that piece of like, oh, part of my life is now taking care of this individual. And by taking care of, I don't mean at taking care of. Like, for instance, Marlon, my son's dog. My son's in Berkeley now. So I'm caring for Marlon. So twice a day, I got to go for a walk with him. You know, there's no longer the freedom of like, oh, I'm going to just lie in bed today. No, you're going to get up and walk the dog. It's also the, the, the interaction, the love. <coughs> it's the idea of the, the love. The, a puppy invokes love. It would try to keep your heart closed around a puppy. I mean, I, I remember seeing a video on YouTube and it was called Your Brain on Puppies. You know, and during the beginning of the lockdown, a friend of mine got two little puppies and my girlfriend was like, let's go play with the puppies. And we just, it just made us so happy. Yeah. And he had two of them. So we hung out with them for a few hours and she got one and I got the other. We just held the puppies all day. You know, the whole time we were there, we had a puppy and it just, it rewires your brain. It's true. Your brain on puppies. That's true. Your heart they on puppies. Grow. They grow and they get bigger and they become dogs and then they become old dogs. And Aww, then they pass away. And then away. you lose the old dog. Yeah. yeah. So then that's what I mean of that element of life that is always in flux. And like you say, all our choices of timelines and creation, they are creating potentials of challenge, even the blessing. You know, like becoming close to someone or something potentially can also be the loss of that individual in one's life. Well, I, I was, you know, I was still coming at the desire for the relationship. I wasn't in my full power. I wasn't in my full sovereignty in the relationship. I was on a level making him source of my happiness and I know better I used to coach people on this it's like until you're fully in love with your own life and you know you know you're creating it and you're a source and you are the source of your happiness you're not ready to be in a relationship you're not ready to, to commit to marry I mean that was my the guidance that I shared with people and then there I was I wasn't happy with my own life where I was in it and I was looking to him to fulfill me. Had I been truly fulfilled in my life and he, you know, started acting like an idiot, I was like, I was like, oh, he's acting like an idiot. But I wouldn't have gone down as hard. I went down because I made him the source of my happiness, that relationship. So that's like with the new one, I'm like, you know, I want to really be in the foundation being in, in my wellspring of, of happiness and joy and fulfillment before, you know, we get involved on that level engaged so he's like come visit come visit I'm like yeah, I'm get a little time get a little time so um, this morning did you do anything that brought you a giddy bounce of happiness or joy yeah I went down to the shoreline you know to the park to the green and uh, did my little ritual in front of the sun you know and looked at you know the light on the water and the beauty of San Francisco with just a little bit of mist and just the glory of the beauty of where I am. You know, so I gave that to, to myself, which is why I asked for a little bit more time because I was standing, you know, going, oh my God, I don't want to go in, I don't want to be here. Right. You know, it's a gorgeous morning. There's no wind and it's yeah, beautiful out there. It is beautiful. It's starting to get crisp, crisp fall. Well, we have a little heat wave coming in the next couple days. Oh, really? Another one? Yep. Okay. 80s. Wow. Yeah, like three days of warm weather. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Did um, lockdown present itself as any part to your path of healing? The thing about being caught by people, you know, showing, the universe showing up for me was really nice. The beautiful house that I was living in, the landlady didn't let me get a puppy. <laughs> but it was on open space, and uh, the rent was quite low, and I had the master suite plus the artist studio. You know, I, I was really set up there nicely, and uh, I had an ozonated hot tub, you know, on the deck. It was a really nice setup. It sold that January. 
2020. Oh, really? So, we, well, I had to move out. Was it February 1st or March 1st? I can't That's remember. Right, right. But it was right, right. Yeah. And I had to find a new place. And the new place was beautiful, but I, you know, I had the lower level and, and the, the woman who owned the house had the upper level. And she went COVID crazy. Mm-hmm. So I had to move again because she was just like, in such fear and she was angry that I wasn't in fear but I'm an intuitive and I you know I grieved before the whole COVID thing I grieved a couple weeks before it happened I was up on the mountain and I just sat down and just sobbed and sobbed and and I knew you know there was the loss of the relationship there was the loss of the house and then I but I felt this other loss and I'm like what is this but then on the other side I started getting my giggles and I'm like oh whatever this is on the other side it does get better there's grief, tremendous grief, and then it gets better. Um, so I, what, I wasn't upset during the lockdown. You know, I knew it was kind of a, a political thing more than anything. Money power grab kind of scenario going on just intuitively. It's just like, oh, you know, this money power grab. <laughs> Not good. Um, so I wasn't in fear. Um... But the people around me, it was sad to see other people in so much fear, so much self-torture, and, and just, you know, believing anything, everything. And um, there was no conversation. So I had to move again. And I didn't want to commit to anything because I didn't know where I wanted to live. I wanted to stay in California. And um, a friend just said, I had two different groups of friends who said, come and stay here. I have a spare room. So two, I, I, I lived with this one couple for three months. And then another friend said, you know, come, I have a spare room, live here. So I was completely looked after and being caught. Yeah. So that was nice. I was like, universe did, did show up for me. Sure did. You did. You've always had that vibe to me of... There's an element, I think, of a free spirit that the universe does take care of that individual. And I think we're all free spirits, but in our evolutionary process, we need to accept that and learn it. I do live on a wing and a prayer, and I've always lived that way. And I, you know, I moved to Europe with very little resources, and people would say, come and live here, I have an apartment, come and live No, I was always looked after. The universe does look after me, and I have that in my belief, like, I work for the universe, the universe works for me, because I'm here to serve, you know, and universe serves those who serve the light, you know, so I serve the light, so, yeah, the universe shows up for me. How have you been serving the light this year? Mm, I do inner plane work, you know, I, I... and I know that when you, you know, you heal something yourself, you, you heal the grid, you know, but you can also just like go in and um, send light to the grid. So I do something I call love bombing. You know, you love bomb the earth, you love bomb this organization, you love bomb, you know, um, your technology. You know, you love bomb everything. Um, so anything that's not the frequency of doesn't get in my field because I'm, I'm, because I'm sending love out now. Right, and I'm not expecting it to come in. I send it out. Then that love becomes a filter. So anything that's not of love can't get in because I'm sending out so much love now. How would you like that physicalized in 2024? Oh, with the partner. <laughs> oh, I'm still like a very sexy girl. <laughs> you are. With the partner. And the funny thing was, because I had been celibate for so long, and just like, does it work down there? What's going on? But, you know, he just said a few things to me, you know, very um, Disney, very light version. And um, all of a sudden I started feeling all this energy. I'm like, oh, this is going to get good. It's going to get, you know, we haven't gone there yet. But I just started feeling so alive. <laughs> just with the, the thought and the anticipation, my body's already said yes to him. Very good. Which is really nice. Because yeah. my body knows. I, when I was living in New York, I uh, started trying to date this guy, you know. 
uh, handsome mu uh, musician, very polite. We'd been on like six dates, and he'd never made a move, just very polite, da 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 da. And um, so I'm like, okay, I'll have a relationship with this man. You know, I've been on my own for a while, and, you know, I liked him. And it was during a snowstorm, and we were downtown, and I invited him up to the west side to spend the night with me. And the poor guy, <laughs> we started getting close, and my body said no. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you have to leave. There was, you know, in the middle of the blizzard, these snow caps. And you wouldn't even let him sleep on the couch. <laughs> it was just like, no. Nope. He had to leave, yeah. Nope. Yep. Oh, wow. Dang. Huh. Uh, so my body's saying yes to this one. I can yeah. feel it. What about um, career rise? How would you like that juice and energy and love bombing to manifest in 2024? To take, take the new paradigm out. I think I've, I've spoken to you about the quantum we. It's my understanding of the connectivity of all life through the quantum field. And um, it's funny because, you know, we are one with everything, but we feel so isolated. And we don't have to. It's just, it really is a mind filter. You know, we're, we're taught that we're these isolated beings on this third rock from the sun when we're actually in a, in a living plasma field of love and life and power and magic but we've you know I think the indoctrination of you know you're born a lonely sinful worm you know gets to you you believe it you have to earn the love you have to earn salvation you have to earn the connection so we disconnect from nature and from the field and once we realize we're in this field of love in this field of connection, um, we'll have more power. We'll have the power of the collective behind us. How do you differentiate evolutionary process of consciousness as an individual and earning light and love? Well, I think if we knew who we were, we wouldn't earn love and light. We would simply be it. Because it's, it makes us up. It's like, you know, I think the lie on the planet is that we're separate from this energy. Separate from God. If you want to call it God, most people call it God. The field. Quantum we. The field. Um, so we think we're separate. So when you're separate, then you feel wounded. Then you feel disappointed. So you do stupid stuff. <laughs> right? Then you hurt others. Then you get greedy. Because there's this hole, there's this void, you're trying to fill it with the new car, with the bigger house, with the control of others, you know, whatever it is, because you're not receiving from the source. But if you're receiving from the source, eh, you're infinite. You're one with everything. There's infinite love, so you're not needful. And you're filled, so you're, you'll be more gracious and more generative and more uh, inventive, creative, because it's this field is intelligence. It's, um, I, I compare it to uh, parasites and, and vampirism, vampires, okay? So they have the idea of living forever. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. But they're disconnected from the source, so then they have to take life from, force from other people. What if they just realize they're made up of this eternal life source, then they wouldn't have to take life from others. They would be that field of light and love and energy. But you, when you deny the source, then you're needful. Do you have anything in mind that you want to create to present this idea and concept of quantum we? YouTube channel? Yeah. Podcast? Something of that elk? Have you done any starts to that? Not really. I mean, I have a lot of audio recordings. I have a lot of writing. I just have to put it up. You'd start a YouTube channel today. I could. I need, I need. I need some a techie techie help. You don't. Then it's I would like some techie help. You want to start one today? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, else? I want to do it. It's funny. The cycles of the moon. Wow. Do it the cycle of the moon. You don't do anything like you don't initiate something on a waning moon. 
you want to do it when the moon is getting bigger. Right, right, right. Right now the moon is when it, right. You weren't here during the um, full moon we just had, right? I was here. You were in this. No, no, no. I wasn't here. Right, you were in Strawberry. Does your place face the um, east? It faces um, south. Okay. Did you see the full moon coming up? I do. I go to the point over there. I go to Harper Point. It was amazing. It is amazing. It was crazy. This last one was like, wow. Yeah. And I love it. You know, sunrise is 701. Sunset is 701. You're like, wow, it's perfect balance. Yeah. Yeah. You excited about coming into this um, element of Halloween and the veil being thin? Um, The thing I like about Halloween is people can take on personas that they've been denying within themselves. You know, so there's, you know, if you're the good girl and all of a sudden you want to be the slut, it's like, let that part of you live, you know. Um, But I don't think anyone needs more fear or cortisol in their bodies you know so like creepy things anything that makes you contract your central nervous system anything that takes you into fear and and increases the cortisol in your body I don't think it's a good idea I think there's so much going on you know, real time, you know, I think we need to soothe the body soothe the mind like our current presidential election coming up Uh that's good to know all, all of it. All of it. The circus is in town. Are you familiar with Ray Bradbury? Yes. Do you know his book, Something Wicked This Way Comes? I, I know the title. I, I, don't, I never saw the movie. Or the book. That or the book. Yeah, it's both great. We can leave it at that. Well, is there anything that um, we haven't touched upon that you'd like to bring up? No, really. Just, just the practice of... Um, being the love bomb. The love bomb is coming. Um, well, thank you for your time. Thank you. Do you want people to get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Absolutely. How, what's the best way to do that? Email? Website? Um, Quantum We is, is also on Facebook. Okay. Quantum We, and it will be on YouTube soon. And... Uh, they want to email me, it's my name, okay. Annalisa Litton at Gmail. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Blessings.